as we're uh, in the season of Advent, preparing to get ready for Easter, or for Christmas, excuse me, uh, it's appropriate to think about getting ready. Uh, the first readings from Baruch continues some of the themes we've heard over the last few weeks with images of God's awesomeness, his divine splendor, and especially God's explicit connection with justice. We heard of God's cloak of justice and the peace of justice. It makes me think about a line that's often used by people that do social justice activities. They say, if you want peace, work for justice. And the second reading from the letter to the Philippians builds on this idea of justice. Paul prays for the community as partners with God and encourages a just society by embracing and living the gospel message of love. Paul encourages us to continue the good work and prays that our love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that we may be pure and blameless. So Advent should be a time when we're intentional in trying to improve, to grow mentally and spiritually, and to help create a more just society. <clears throat> the Archbishop sent out an email this past week suggesting that Advent is a good time to get ready by supporting neighbors in need by donating foods and supplies, combating loneliness by reaching out to neighbors, relatives, or seniors in your community, and giving to your parish or favorite Catholic ministry. While our local parish of St. Juan Diego has a lot of opportunities in this area, we have our St. Vincent de Paul food pantry down the hill, which distributes thousands of pounds of food each month. We have Faith Cafe in downtown Beaverton where every Sunday people can go and get a, a free meal. And since 2005, Faith Cafe has served 150,000 meals. We're also active in Family Promise of Greater Washington County. Family Promise is currently housing and feeding 12 families while providing them case management so they can help fix some of the troubles in their lives. And within the parish, we have a caregiver ministry supporting those that are helping take care of uh, sick loved ones. And we also have pastoral care group that will go out and visit people in their homes. So all of these efforts could use both your time and your financial support. One of my mentors told me once though that I think it's our time that's the most valued thing we have to give. And speaking of time, I would also like to emphasize the idea of combating loneliness, especially during the holidays. I think it's been a tough couple, of, tough couple of years with COVID. I think we all know people who are struggling with loneliness and suffering. So it's a really great time to take some time to listen to your neighbors or friends and fellow parishioners. So many people just need someone to listen to them. And I'm always very grateful when uh, my community here shares with me their struggles. I think when two people share deeply and listen to each other or personally, that we're both allowed to clearly see the Christ in each other. Other ways that, as uh, Paul says, our love could increase would be to read a book. I'm currently reading Father Greg Boyle of Homeboy Industries. His latest book um, is called The Whole Language, The Power of Extravagant Tenderness. Homeboy Industries is the largest gang intervention program in the United States in Los Angeles. And uh, there's a lot of stories about Father uh, Greg Boyle's encounters with uh, people that are caught up in gang life. His first chapter alone, I think, is worth the price of the book. Father Greg emphasizes an image of God as an awesome God, a God of love, 
and that everyone, especially those who had really tough childhood, um, they're deserving of love and Homeboy Industries is a place where they can receive that love. There's a lot of great stories in the book about how these people have turned their lives around when they found somebody that's really believed in them and cared about them and loved them. Other ways that we could grow or prepare are to learn a new skill or to spend some time doing spiritual discernment or praying on how we could live out some of the principles highlighted in that second reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. But the emphasis on justice should not be missed, not simply praying for justice, but working to promote it. And maybe it all starts with just understanding the plight of those who are struggling. I continue to be disappointed with people who complain about all the people experiencing homelessness on our streets, whether downtown or sleeping in the woods in our neighborhoods. It seems like the complaints are more about the inconvenience to us that have homes. I read on social media maybe someone saying, I'm not comfortable going downtown anymore because of the people living on the streets. I don't feel safe. Well, it's tough that we don't feel safe, those of us that have homes to live in when we're in places like that, but it's a lot tougher for the people living on the streets. Imagine trying to sleep at night when you're on a sidewalk and you're surrounded by lots of other people. So I encourage you to watch for ways to hear the stories of those living on the streets or those on the margins through my involvement with Family Promise or St. Andre Bisset downtown, or simply buying that Street Roots newspaper that you can buy from the vendors downtown, I've had the privilege of hearing the stories of many of those on the margins, those living on the streets, and none of them choose to be on the streets. It's always a very tough story that ends up with them living outside of a home. In today's Gospel from Luke, we hear about John the Baptist and his preaching ministry preparing people for the arrival of the Messiah. And John's preparation is not simply proclaiming the arrival, but helping people to live righteously, echoing the focus on justice in the other readings. His ministry emphasized repentance and forgiveness of sins. The beginning of a new liturgical year is a great time for us to acknowledge our own shortcomings and make corrections. I looked at the calendar, and I think there's 19 days till Christmas or 456 hours. And I wonder how many of those hours will be spent buying and decorating a tree, decorating the house, shopping for presents, wrapping presents, and shopping for and preparing food. And I think it's important for us to think about, and then how many hours will we spend working on increasing our love and discerning what is of value so that we may be pure and blameless this holiday season as Paul encourages. It's our choice. As Deacon Diego shared last weekend, we're all invited to the party, but what will our response be? So I guess I'm uh, sorry that if so far this, uh, during this homily I was sort of lecturing and maybe it just looked like an angry old white-haired man up here shaking his finger at all of us. So I'm sorry about that, but to end on a more positive note, there's also an element of joy in today's readings and indeed in the season. The theme of joy is present in the first reading when the people are instructed to seek and find joy in God. Joy is also found in the second reading as Paul is joyful in his very heartfelt prayers for all of us. And the language of joy anticipates the celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So while we are working hard to, be pre to listen to others, to not be too distracted by all the gift buying, being aware of the suffering in the world and doing all we can to uh, right all the world's injustices, 
Let us also remember to celebrate the joy of the season. Listen to your favorite Christmas music and sing along, or look in wonder and awe at the many nativity scenes or the crashes around. Enjoy your favorite Christmas cookie, maybe that reminds you of your grandmother, and read a Christmas book to a child and see the awesomeness of God in their eyes. We should all enjoy the opportunity to let our love increase ever and ever more. Get ready.